My name is Faris Al-Khalil, and I'm with ITIQ Tech Recruiters. We're happy to support BIV's CTO and CIO awards for 2020. We are a national recruiting company specializing in information technology recruitment. We provide IT professionals on a contract or permanent basis to our clients. Give us a call if you're looking to build a team across Canada or hire remotely. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to BIV Today, the daily business news show from BIV. I'm reporter Tyler Orton, and this week, Business in Vancouver is unveiling its 2020 BC Chief Technology and Chief Information Officer Awards. And now this is Ferris El-Khalil. He is the president of ITIQ Tech Recruiters. He's here to present the CTO award. I'm delighted to present the annual CTO award to David St. Angelo, CTO at Carbon Engineering. Carbon Engineering is one of British Columbia's most innovative companies and one of the world's significant emerging contributors in the battle to mitigate climate change. David has been instrumental in the development of Carbon Engineering's world-class technology as it became a commercial entity. He led landmark research to demonstrate the pioneering technology that could capture carbon from the atmosphere at less than $100 USD per ton, an enormous breakthrough that made the concept economically viable. He guided the crucial path to build partnerships and backers as carbon engineering transitioned from technical development to commercialization. Its partnership with Occidental will create the world's largest facility to capture more than 1 million tons of CO2 per year and spur an industry that will create thousands of jobs while addressing climate change. Judges were unanimous in their praise of his work in the company, in the industry, and in the community. I am proud to honor him with BIV's annual CTO of the Year Award. Congratulations, David. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm uh, you know, so proud of this award and, uh, and you know, just uh, it's wonderful to be part of such a great team at Carbon Engineering. So thank you for the recognition from yourself and then also BIV. Yeah, you know, I, I had the pleasure of sitting on the judges panel. I, I've been following the company for a number of years. It, it, it's pretty exceptional stuff. And I think we also have to give credit to you that the chief technology officer, you've been able to come in and really offer some guidance to this company. And, and I'd like to just start there. You know, what was it that drew you into working with a company like Carbon Engineering? Yeah, so I, I've spent the majority of my career, uh, luckily, in working on clean tech, and it's just such a great area for me to be in. I'm very passionate about the environment, so it's complementary to my interests outside of work. Uh, started off, uh, you know, way back when, working in photovoltaics. Did some of the early foundational research in photovoltaics, and then had a chance along the way to work on lithium-ion batteries for motive applications. I I was uh, part of the project that did the first battery for the Segway human transporter. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then, uh, and then also was the first employee of a company that was doing uh, CO2 capture of anthropogenic emissions, uh, a company called Skyonic. Uh, and, and then uh, just before coming to carbon engineering was working on synthetic biology for fuel production. So I have the you know the benefit of having seen you know uh, you know many of the different approaches toward clean uh, clean technology and 
carbon engineering uh, was just very much in line with that for me personally. So very happy to be here. Well, what have you noticed just over the years in terms of the evolution of people's interest in clean technology? Because I, I think when you started your career, probably different discussions going on to where we are right now, where we are in an age where we have governments, you know, investing money in this. We have governments, you know, going and looking at the Paris Accords and saying we need to meet specific targets. Mm -hmm. What have you observed just over the last you know, uh, years in the business? Yeah, definitely. Recently, a big, uh, big uptick in interest, right? People are now starting to become keenly aware of the impacts of, of climate crisis, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, mega storms that are appearing, uh, fires that are appearing, uh, ocean acidification, and some of the more dramatic impacts. I think there's a big exclamation point on the need for addressing climate crisis. So, uh, you know, over the years, I think, you know, you know, what is now becoming, you know, a rapidly escalating problem is now becoming very apparent to people. So I think this, uh, you know, there is a strong, uh, stronger awareness now than there was, say, 25 years ago when I first started. You know, and I think, you know, for a lot of people that they hear the word chief technology officer, but there's so many different organizations and it has kind of a different meaning within a, you know, a specific organization and within a specific industry. But what is your day to day like? And especially as you're offering guidance to your team and trying to find that right business direction and right vision for carbon engineering. Yeah, so it, being a being a chief technology officer for me is really you know it's it's two areas. One is you're looking at the present, and you're you're, you're trying to manage day to day activities with more tactical development of the technology and keeping progress moving forward on today's ideas. But also you have to look toward the future and what opportunity opportunities exist uh, in in terms of increasing the performance of the technology. So you spend, uh, you know, in the role, you spend quite a bit of time, again, working on execution, working with project teams, advising project teams, mentoring individuals. And then you also spend a, a lot of time trying to keep your pulse on the industry and what is going on there technologically so that you can bring new ideas and, uh, and don't get comfortable with your current situation. You always, always, always have to be learning and you always, always have to be innovating. So it's one thing to be developing this technology, talking about how awesome it is. You guys have obviously been able to attract a lot of notable investors, but you guys are now moving into that commercialization phase. And I'm wondering what mm -hmm. that experience is like, uh, especially when you, are, you guys are going to be making sure that this business model proves successful. It's, it's always, uh, you know, one of the most exciting times in an organization is when you start to actually build a system that's of commercial scale and we're uh we're fortunate in that we're able to take a step uh a, you know a step before that we're building an innovation center that is going to be essentially a replica of that commercial facility here in squamish it's also going to be our home for our long-term research and development but and 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 there are actually foundations now that were are being poured for that innovation center so for for an engineer or scientist or, or a member of that a member of a team that's working on this, there's nothing better than actually seeing your hard work become become reality. So we're we're all very very excited about the uh, you know the innovation center and then also the commercial process uh, plant that we'll be building. 
You know, one of the things that you need to be cognizant of is kind of that uh, that talent question about being able to get the best uh, to come work for your company. Uh, how is it like being based in Vancouver, where you know a lot of people point to it as being like kind of one of those hubs in the world for clean, uh, I should say, clean tech as well as green technology? It's it's interesting. We we get asked that a lot. Is you know what is it like recruiting people to Squamish and we we really have no trouble getting getting good high caliber technical talent and it's it's interesting for many of the technologists out there and certainly the majority of people at carbon engineering you you've got this balance of very very high technical content with a with a strong love of the outdoors and doing outdoors activities so so we actually find it easy and straightforward to get high caliber technical content because of not only the you know the strong university system in Vancouver, but because many people in the area enjoy being outside and doing some of the activities associated with outside. So if you if you combine that with a passion for clean technology, which many people who do spend their time outdoors have, it just makes for a wonderful com- combination and a wonderful team synergy. Well, maybe you can speak to it personally as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started your career down in the U.S. Uh, you're now based here on the west coast of Canada. Uh, what did it take to convince you to come and uh, work here in British Columbia? So it, it really didn't take a lot of arm twisting. I'm, um, I, I love outdoor activities. I'm a skier. I'm a mountain biker. I, I, I love to hike. My wife and I uh, go out on hikes, uh, you know, routinely here in Squamish. So for me, it was, it was as much a lifestyle choice and as a career choice, uh, combining, uh, you know, combining clean technology with the lifestyle in BC was just, uh, you know, for us. So we like to say we won the lottery literally to come here to Squamish and Vancouver area and, and be able to work it on such a wonderful project. I, one of the things that I was doing, uh, I cover the technology sector for the province here at the newspaper. I, I spoke to experts in clean tech a, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, where investments might be going, especially if governments right now, there's an opportunity for them to reconsider a lot of priorities amid this pandemic. I, I'm wondering if you think that there's going to be a lot more interest, a lot more accelerated interest. And I don't know, you just turn on the news, we see wildfire smoke, you know, blazing into British Columbia right now. We had our own wildfires that we were dealing with a couple yeah. of years ago. What, what's your perspective kind of reprioritizing things for a lot of policymakers? Yeah, again, I think that that the awareness is is much stronger today, even even, uh, you know, than it was a couple of years ago. I I think there's just a keen awareness of the impact of climate crisis. And I think the public is demanding, you know, that that this be a strong consideration for policymakers and those that craft framework for government regulation. And we uh, we have had we have had great support here in Canada from the Canadian government, both provincially and 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 at at the country level. And so I I am it, you know I think that's only going to continue going forward. It's it's been it's been uh, you know a great place to work in in that sense. One of the things I'm also intrigued by is the technology itself that you guys are deploying. And it's one thing to carbon or to capture carbon, but you guys are also doing some interesting things with it. It's just not going to, you know, uh, disappear into thin air. Tell us a little bit about what happens after you go forward with this carbon capture process. Right. 
so, uh, so there are three, uh, you know, three things that we really consider doing with the carbon. One is sequestering it, which, which puts it in, in the ground permanently and stores it. And the, the second is in the project in, the, in, in uh, Texas will we'll do enhanced oil recovery. And then the third option, which is the one you're referring to, is, is where we can actually take that carbon and beneficially use it to produce uh, either fuels or, or low carbon chemicals. So we, there are uh, commercially available processes available that can take CO2 in this case and combine it with hydrogen and actually make hydrocarbons uh, for, for fuels and chemical feedstocks. So we do that at our pilot facility here in, uh, here in Squamish and, and we will likely do that at the validation center or innovation center that we have here. So, you know, looking forward to the, the future and, and, you know, you even mentioned as CTO, part of the job is to look forward to the future, but who is kind of the typical client that you guys expect to be using this technology in the near future? So the, uh, you know, it, if you look at just some of the stakeholders that we have now in, uh, in, in the company, it, you, uh, we, we certainly have interest from the oil and gas industry from, you know, companies like Occidental and, and Chevron. But also one of the interesting things about the, uh, the ability to sequester carbon is that it enables companies that might not have an easy way to decarbonize to actually lower their carbon footprint. And what they can do is they could, for example, take ownership in a commercial plant or partial ownership, have it sequester the CO2 without disrupting their existing business. So if you look at, uh, you know, I'll give you an example of that. If you look at an air airline, for example, that has uh, planes that are that that are are flying, it's very difficult to to decarbonize a plane. So if an airline decided that they wanted to take ownership in a plant, they could essentially sequester an equivalent amount of emissions under the ground and decarbonize in that manner. So. So we provide, uh, and our technology provides an option for not only industries that have the ability to put CO2 in the ground, like, like an oil company, but we also can uh, address those harder to decarbonize industries like, air, like airlines, like data centers, uh, you know, many, many different industries. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as CTO, you need to have a big vision for what the product can be and what the product is right now. How do you kind of find that right balance between also the business model, the, the business needs of the company, and uh, maybe, maybe what is the working relationship like between you and other executives as you guys pursue this? Well, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of good discussions about that. I mean, strategy is always one of the funner parts of, uh, of, of technology development. It, there's... You, know, you learn after many years, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no perfect answer. There are many different paths that all arrive at the same point. I mean, and our mission at, at, at the company is, is really to decarbonize and address, uh, address climate, climate change. And there are many path, paths to that. And so we, we have, you know, collectively, we have a, we have a really strong cross-functional team. We have, uh, you know, different different backgrounds my background is largely technical we have we have steve for example is largely uh, you know uh, finance uh, finance and, and and business development driven and then we have others that are financially driven so i you know it, it's it's important that's uh, that's part of it is bringing together a, a you know a, a 
a, a group of people that have mixed backgrounds and just collaborating together to solve these challenging uh, problems. Well, what part of your job do you like the most? Uh, answering questions or asking a lot of those questions that you need to get to the bottom of? <laughs> uh, I guess I like answering questions. I mean, I, I inherently engineers are problem solvers. We, uh, it, it, any engineer, uh, you know, gravitates toward wanting to be involved in the solution of a problem. Uh, especially technical problems. So I, I think I lean more toward the actual solving of the problem. And I especially enjoy working with the team of people trying to address, address that problem. And when they're especially, you know, the harder the problem, the better. It just, it just makes it that more, much more satisfying when you see progress and you advance a solution. Well, it, it's great to think about, you know, you guys taking the lead with regards to, you know, stuff that's going to have an impact on the environment. And and I wonder if you look across your entire career, you, you've been involved with clean tech for, you know, uh, decades at this point, you know, what, what have been some of kind of the bright spots for you? I, I know it might feel like picking a favorite child, but uh, I don't know, is, is there a highlight or anything like that that stands out? You know, I, it, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, I always think of that, uh, that question this way is uh, it's, you know, I, I, I had a, um, I'll share a story. Maybe I had, I had a coach at one point that, that, that told me you won't remember, uh, you know, particular events of games or, or matches that, that you've had, but you'll remember all the people that you've worked with. And I think that's true in technology also is that, it's really hard to, for me to look back and say, boy, that was really a pivotal point for me. And that was something that I really enjoyed. I had many enjoy, many enjoying moments, but what you do remember is the collaboration that you've had with your, with your teammates. And you remember all those teammates, surprisingly, even the ones that I worked with very early in my career, I tend, I tend to remember. So, so I guess, you know, as an accomplishment or something that, you know, is, is what I, what I like to think about is just, the people that I still know and the people that are still in this area and they're all working forward. And, uh, you know, like I said, I can't, as an engineer, I can't think of a better place to be than, than being in clean tech. Well, did you always know that you wanted to be an engineer, even going back to childhood, or was it something that you kind of had to figure out as you're, you know, going through your high school years, what was your journey into becoming an engineer? Yeah, I had, I had an advisor that, uh, you know, asked me what I liked and I had to check a box on an application. And I, and I told him, you know, I do like chemistry and physics. And he said, Oh, you should be a chemical engineer. And then, and that was sort of the beginning of the journey. So I really, you know, when I was a young, uh, you know, young person, I mean, I was all, I always liked science and math. So, so, so that made it sort of directionally going into there, but no, definitely didn't always know. And, uh, you know, just grew to love the profession as I, as I went through my training in school and then, and then got into the field and worked in a number of industries. So, so did you know right away, you know, a, after you're graduating that you, or graduating university that you wanted to pursue clean tech or, or was it something that you kind of uh, found yourself in and then realized that was where your passion was? Found myself, I, I, I started off as a process engineer in the semiconductor industry. That, so that was, uh, you know, quote, getting, getting your foot in the door into technology for me. And then, uh, at, you know, at, while I was at the company, I, I, there was an ad that caught my eye about working in photovoltaics. And, and as I mentioned, I've always been very passionate about the outdoors. And when I saw that ad, I, I went to work for, the, uh, for a division of mobile that was doing photovoltaic research. And, and from that moment on, I was hooked. I was pretty much in, in clean tech wherever possible. 
Well, with regards, it's something I, I want to go back to, but with regards to the development of the Segway, you know, that was such like, like a cool a device, you know, what was it like kind of knowing that this is going to be something that you must have known deep down, it would have become kind of an iconic thing. It's good. It's going to change the way a lot of people just get themselves around. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a fun project. I mean, we got to actually test drive some of the early, early Segways, which was kind of nice and, and, and and actually, uh, 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 Deca Labs, where it was where it was, uh, you know, built and designed, and a lot of the research took place, was a, is a pretty fascinating place in in itself. But no, it was a very it was it was a great project. I mean, we were working on, uh, you know, leading edge lithium ion battery technology that was uh, inherently safe for motive applications, and you know. This was a, a, a little bit ahead of its time in terms of the recognition that you had to make these batteries safe for large format type applications like motive applications or energy storage. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a it was a great project and 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 the, again, fun team to work with on that. Yeah, well, you know, David, I, I just want to say it's very, very fascinating stuff that you guys have been developing and to be able to talk to you, pick your brain about it from kind of the, the engineer's perspective at the company. It's just been a real pleasure. And I, I just want to thank you and congratulate you once again on the award. Thank you, Tyler. It's it's my pleasure to speak with you and, and happy to help out any way I can. Well, excellent. Well, that's David right. St. Angelo. He is Chief Technology, uh, Technology Officer at Carbon Engineering. And that's it for today, but we'll be back soon. And for now, I'm Tyler Orton, and you can go to BIV.com for more stories and more interviews there. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.